Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. Titus 1 and 9 says that we must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Again, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So today we wanted to just uh, talk about this concept of Christian apologetics in the everyday lives and this concept or this principle of defending our faith, this whole reality of uh, holding firm to the trustworthy message. God's word is trustworthy. And in all aspects of life or, or our lives, we are mandated to stand firm on this message, on this gospel, on this evangelion that we know can be trusted. If you hold on to what God has said, we know that his principles will never come back void. So we must hold firm regardless of how our nation is going, regardless of how our society is uh, going. If we rely on God, we know we can trust him as well as his word 100%. So in previous episodes, we visited uh, the major essentials of the faith. And today we just want to talk about the reality of Christian apologetics, the reality of Christian apologetics. God has called all of us to engage in Christian apologetics. Uh, that word apologia, meaning defense, uh, is the same word that we uh, get our uh, English word apology from, but not in a sense of sorrow or regret. This word apologia it's more in the legal sense that we're able to stand in the courtroom of life and offer a rational and articulate and reasonable defense or argument for why we believe what we believe. So we as Christians, we do not apologize for being Christians. What we are doing is to rightly divide the word of God with boldness. And that boldness is infused in us by the power of the Holy Ghost. So we as Christians, first of all, God has saved us and we are eternally sealed. But now that we are sealed until he comes back, God wants us to do something. And that something is to glorify him. That something is to let our light shine and not keep it under a bushel. That something is for God to use us as instruments as holy instruments and holy mean that we're set apart for God to use. So now that we're saved, 
we have a mission. We have a mandate, and that mandate is not exclusive to the pastors. It's not exclusive to the elders. It's not exclusive to your church leaders. All Christians, including yourself, are called to reconcile the lost world back to the Father. So we all have work to do. And I firmly believe that if all Christians or even the majority of Christians will step up to the standard that God has for us, our nation will be in a better place. Our society will be in a better place. Our community would be in a better place. And more importantly, our homes would be in a better place. So the reality of Christian apologetics, first of all, uh, there are some key terms that I'd like to uh, share. And for some of you, you may already know these terms. And uh, for other listeners, this may be the first time that you've heard it. And for those of you that have heard it before, perhaps you may not fully understand the etymology or the understanding or the or, or origin of these terms and what they mean in Christendom. Uh, oftentimes we have these nice Bibles, these nice shiny leather Bibles, uh, but yet uh, we haven't quite mastered how to use our Bibles. Uh, and, and we have these cross-reference sections and we have these footnotes uh, that deals with um, highlighted information such as the MSS. Uh, do you know what the MSS stands for in your Bible? Manuscripts, that's what it stands for. Sometimes you come across the term Masoretic text. Do you know what that stands for? So we as Christians, we have a lot to learn. And the more we learn, uh, the more information we have to properly and adequately and reasonably answer questions about our faith. And it's not negotiable. It's not optional in the sense that I'm a Christian, but I don't want to defend my faith. Or to even say I'm a Christian and I don't want to study the word. That's for my pastor or that's for my Bible study teacher or that's for my Sunday school teacher. Uh, it's not an option. As a Christian, all of us have the same mandate. We have to grapple with God's word. We have to struggle with it. We have to uh, learn God's word. We have to read God's word. And definitely, we have to study God's word. So we must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. And it's been taught since the first century. It's been given to us by the apostles first, then to the disciples of those apostles. And through uh the chronology of time, God's word has been handed all the way down even to us. And it's still pristine and it's still trustworthy and it's still true. And so we have to carry it on today and also give it to the next generation uh, as it has been all these years. So until Jesus come back, we must hold firm to the trustworthy message just as it has been taught. Why? So that we can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. And so God's word is encouraging. God, God's word encourages us to go and, and take the next step. It encourages us to do a lot more than we've been doing. It encourages us to uh, let go of the shackles that weighs, weigh us down and 
pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is found in Christ Jesus. So there are some terms in Christendom that I thought uh, is, is very important for us. First of all, philosophy, right? Many of you have heard the term philosophy and it turns you off. Uh, be, um, sometimes because of the way you were exposed to it the first time around. Perhaps you took a class and the teacher uh, talked about the Stoics and Epicureans and the Greeks and uh, Philo and uh, Socrates and uh, all these other persons that we've uh, we've come across and we found it boring and we found it insignificant. You know, uh, some of you even think it's just worldly. But the term philosophy is not a dirty word. The term philosophy comes from two Greek words, phileo and sophos or sophia. And both words combined, phileo, uh, which is uh, love in English, as well as sophia, which is wisdom in the Greek, are put together to create this word philosophy. So phileo plus sophos or sophia uh, is translated philosophy in the English. And when it's put together, it's basically the love of wisdom. So phileo in the Greek meaning love, sophia uh, in the Greek meaning wisdom are blended together to create this word philosophy, which means the love of wisdom. Now, how many Christians uh, do not love wisdom? We should love wisdom. And so in the uh, clinical sense, the word philosophy is not secular. But in the spiritual sense, we, we, we got to move it from the uh, worldly sense to the spiritual sense. Again, uh, this word philosophy, the love of wisdom, there's only uh, one place for wisdom. Wisdom comes from God who gives to all men, all women liberally. So we as Christians must know the wisdom that God provides for us. And when God gives us wisdom, it is for our benefit and it's for us to grow in him. Um, in terms of wisdom, let me let, let me explain this. Wisdom is knowledge applied, meaning that you you know when to do something. That's wisdom. Uh, you know when to talk, you know when to not talk, you know uh, when to listen, you know how far to go. Uh, that's wisdom, the application of knowledge. A lot of people have knowledge, but they don't know how to apply it correctly. A lot of people graduate from colleges, universities, seminaries, and they have a lot of knowledge, but they don't know how to apply their knowledge uh, in an effective way. And that's what God does. When we go to God, he, through uh, the Holy Spirit, infuse us with wisdom. And that wisdom can take you further than any degree can. If you learn godly wisdom, your life would be better. So philosophy uh, is not a dirty word, like I said. Philosophy, uh, in its basic sense, just basically means the love of wisdom. And if you love wisdom, you should be interested in philosophy, not just for head knowledge, but to grow in Christ so you can be ready to answer each question, a reason for the hope that lies within you. So when your neighbor have a question, you can give them godly wisdom. When your family members have questions about 
life or have questions about their faith, you can give them godly wisdom. Uh, I just read uh, yesterday there was an article about a famous uh, popular singer, and she was talking about her background and how her family uh, switched all these religions, uh, meaning that their parents um, took them through Catholicism, then took them through uh, Methodist, then took them through uh, Baptist. So as a result, these children became confused about uh, their faith. So in, in essence, they were um, walking with religion versus having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants us to have. It's not religion. God wants us to have a relationship. So now here she is in her 50s, and she's just as confused as someone who never knew Jesus Christ or someone who never set foot in a church because of the path and the standard that her parents set for her in grasping on to religion versus a relationship with Jesus Christ. So wisdom dictates that when you go to church, you're not or you shouldn't go to church just because of good music. You shouldn't go to church just because someone else is going to church. You shouldn't go to church just because the pastor is so articulate. You should go to church, number one, to get to know Jesus better. You should go to church to worship Jesus. You should go to church for Jesus' sake, not for anyone else's sake, but we go to church for our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if the church is not teaching the Bible, then you find another church because ultimately it's about you and Jesus, not you and that pastor, not you and that deacon, and not you and that uh, 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 the friends. Ultimately, we all have to stand in front of Jesus Christ and give an account of why we did the things uh, that we did. So from philosophy, I want to uh, shift to another word that's not popular. There's a word uh, called metaphysics. Metaphysics. Uh, if you have uh, Christian textbooks or if you uh, are doing research for your Bible study, every now and then you'll run ac across this word called metaphysics. And basically, uh, metaphysics, metaphysics uh, talks about things that are beyond the physical realm. Beyond the physical realm. So things like prayer can fall under the category of metaphysics. Uh, things like angels uh, can fall under the terms of metaphysics. Uh, ontology. That word deals with the beingness, meaning that uh, God created different types of beings. That falls under metaphysics. So human being falls under the category of metaphysics. Uh, souls fall under the category of metaphysics. And it's, I, I love talking about metaphysics because it deals with reality. So, for example, uh, when we talk about souls, how many of you all uh, know that God created three types of souls? We have the human soul, we have the animalistic soul, and then we have the vegetative soul. So human souls is what we have, uh, is, is different or is distinct from the vegetative soul which plants have. Uh, many of you all are familiar with, uh, 
plants and we talk about um, talking to our plants and the plant dying, it's because plants have souls. Uh, so God created the vegetative soul. It's not uh, the same as human soul. Uh, it's distinct. Then we have the animalistic souls. Animals have souls. So God created all these three types of souls, and we can find that or we can discuss that under metaphysics. Uh, there are different types of souls, which comes under different types of beings. Then uh, the next word is epistemology. And what epistemology is, is the nature of knowledge, meaning uh, the way that we learn. Uh, it's one of the branches of uh, philosophy, but epistemology, again, it's not a dirty word. Uh, it just describes how God created us, and by the way of him creating us, uh, gives more clarity to how we learn. A um, long time ago, a lot of theologians uh, attempted to wrestle with this uh, theology, this principle of epistemology, uh, this branch of philosophy. How do we learn? You know, how, how, how do we, how did God create us to learn? That was the question. Some believe that uh, we were born with a clean slate, and as we experience things in life, that slate get filled up with the experience. Then some argued uh, on the other side of it by saying we were born pre-coded with information by God, and as we go through life, we exercise what's already in us. So whether you believe that uh, we're born with a clean slate and we pick up uh, information or whether you think the information is already embedded in us and we just exercise or actuate it, um, that's up to God in terms of uh, which one is true. But let me say this. Uh, we are constantly learning as human beings. That's part of epistemology, how we learn. We are constantly learning where God knows everything, all things at one time in his oneness. We as humans, we learn things discursively. That means one after another. Uh, we learn how to add, for example, in math before we can get to, uh, we, we can get to multiplication. And then once we get to multiplication, then we get to division. Then once we get to division, ultimately we, we get into geometry and we get into algebra and we get into trigonometry and we get into, uh, physics and all this other stuff. So, uh, they don't teach us physics first without teaching us numbers. So we as human beings, we learn discursively. This is why we have kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, because uh, those psychologists or educators, they have studied human behavior in terms of how we're made. And the best way to teach a human is discursively, one thing after another. Not too many of us can handle a whole lot of things that we never knew before all at once. And then some things have to come before the other thing for the latter things to make sense. So what am I saying? I'm saying, as a listener, take stock of where you are. Where are you in terms of your Christian education? If you're honest with yourself, you may say, I'm on milk. Well, if you're, if you're on milk, that's fine, but you can't stay on milk. Uh, you have to 
go to Bible study. You have to read Christian books. You have to read the Bible. You have to study the Bible. You have to cross-reference the Bible in terms of the words. Uh, you, you have to get a lexicon. And all of this will help you to move from milk to meat. And really, that's what it's about. Knowing your learning style, knowing how God has created you uniquely, but yet in the general sense, all human beings have things alike. So there are some things that are across the board in terms of how we learn. Preaching is a good example of how we learn. We're there. We are open. We're listening to the minister uh, break open the word of life. But then we can't leave it there because Preaching on Sunday mornings most of the time does not um, give us an opportunity to ask the minister questions about the sermon. So then we go to Bible study. Bible study uh, should afford us the opportunity to say, excuse me, there I have a question about uh, something that you said, uh, a word that you mentioned. Then that minister should be open enough to take time out of that Bible study to answer your question. And if that's not being done, then you're not getting fed. And as you're getting fed, you're also availing yourself outside of the elements of the church walls to study your Bible. Uh, when I was in, uh, when I was taking my seminary courses, oftentimes I would get up at four o'clock a.m. Um, to not disturb the family so I could have my quiet time and to study my notes, study the Bible, uh, to pray and be ready by the time uh, the rest of the family uh, got up. Um, so that was my attempt to sacrifice or carve out times in my Christian walk so I can be uh, productive for the Lord in terms of knowing more about him and to commune with him and to grow in him and to know him better because God is holy other and we must engage in uh, proper study in order to glorify him. So we talked about philosophy, right? Which means the love of wisdom uh, or the study of the love of wisdom. Uh, we talked about metaphysics. Uh, which is beyond the physical, such as prayer, angels, uh, ontology, beingness, uh, human beings, and uh, other forms, uh, 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 animals, and and plant world, and all of that. Then we talked about epistemology, uh, how we learn, the nature of knowledge. And so knowing these principles will help us in our journey of being used by God himself to glorify himself, and to work through us so that others can be blessed. So we'll continue our discussion in terms of the reality of Christian apologetics and um, how engaging in apologetics can help your Christian walk and help your ministry because we are doing something God wants us to do and have mandated for us to do, and by being obedient and uh, doing what he asks us to do, there are blessings in store that we will not get anywhere else. So it's important that we are obedient, that we step out on faith beyond our comfort zone and do what the Lord has asked us to do. Again, thank you so much for listening to us. Our time has run short. We'll continue this topic next week. And remember, uh, we 
are in need of your financial support as well as your prayers, please go online to srministries.org to donate. And remember to continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's word, listen to the spirit and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.